Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. I'd like to uh, introduce uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world. It's Brother John Stahl, and uh, love him like... My own brother, probably closer than my own brother, but don't tell my fleshly brother that. He'd be sad today. So we're glad he's with us today. Looking forward to hearing what he's going to share and the Lord put upon his heart. And uh, just a small thing we'll talk about a little bit at the end. Uh, John, as uh, Pastor Ernie said, is put up, God put upon his heart the Emoji Bible Project years ago. And uh, what the Lord's doing with that, it's so incredible. I, I try to encourage John all the time. That book is going into so many hands in front of so many kids and adults and people in South America and throughout Africa now. And more people are coming to Christ through the Emoji Bible Project than probably dozens and dozens and dozens of churches do throughout the year. And you guys have a part in that because we faithfully give and try to support his ministry that he does there. So. Rejoice in that. We look forward to what you got to share with us today, brother. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I thought when Ben was going to say, I'm going to introduce you to one of my favorite people, he was going to go, that's Deanna out there, and this is her husband, John, but he, he had the opportunity, and he lost it, so. All right, Jim, I don't know exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this timer on because I tend to go a little bit over, and I'm, you know, I have 14 hours of notes, and I know we have to keep that within 25 minutes because that's what Dallas told me. He says, if I can't say it in 25 minutes, then I can't say it at all. And so I took that to heart. If I can't say it in an hour and a half, then I can't say it at all. But we're going to, I put it on for 25 minutes, so we're good. Now, if you notice here, I have to, I'm going to come in the front, so Jim, when you're doing this, oh, I forgot I have to stay in the middle. I'm sorry. I'm learning. I haven't preached in a while, and I'd stay within that, that area. If you notice, we put this, it says Gur attitude, right? So our attitude says a lot about who we are. But gratitude, gratitude says a lot about who we are when it comes to being a child of God. But many times, especially during this time of the year when we turn the clocks back, it gets darker a lot quicker. You know, we turn to our husband or wife and go, I'm so exhausted. What time is it? And they're like, 5.15. You're like, oh, are you kidding me? We all feel that at times, right? And so it shortens our temper. It, it makes that little fuse a little bit shorter on us. And we kind of start off with that grrr, and that's our attitude that comes behind it. Thankfully, we have a writer in the Bible by the name of Paul who was a disciple and then became the Apostle Paul who went out and he was the greatest missionary that we have ever known. And the words that he writes and shares with us today are words that we can not only listen to but that we can apply to our everyday life, especially during this darkest time of the year. Now, it's going to keep getting darker every single day to like December 19th and then we start to go back into the light a little bit, a minute at a time, through Christmas, through the new year. But this is the time of the year that people are searching the most when it comes to their spirituality. They have found that Christmas is that time where people are like, you know, it's coming up on the new year. I'm going to make these resolutions. You know, we're excited about it. These are the changes I'm going to make. And then Easter gets here and it's a reminder that, wow, I really haven't done a whole lot when it comes to those, those different um, resolutions that I had. So maybe now I'll get a kickstart and then all of a sudden it's summer again and then here's Thanksgiving and let's start over. And we tend to do that. 
We tend to have that gratitude that, that God doesn't want us to have instead of focusing on the gratitude and the blessings that each one of us carry with us every single day. So let's go ahead and say a word of prayer. Let's, let's be calm before God, and then let's dive. Let's jump in. Heavenly Father, God, right now, Lord, there are so many people, so many of us that are dealing with a struggle. Lord, right now, we all know that it's the darkest time of the year. Lord, right now, we all know that this is the time that we should shine the brightest, and yet, Lord, we struggle. We struggle with it because there are things going on in our minds. There are schedules that are taking place. There are gifts that have to be bought and wrapped. There are decorations that need to be put up. There are kids that need to be heading back to school. There are so many things, Lord. And it's at this time that we have this opportunity before you to just rest for a little while within your word. So, Lord, no matter where everyone is today, no matter where the husband, the wife, the worker, the, the young person, no matter where they are, Lord, right now, if they can hear your word, Lord, help them to rest in it, help them to learn from it, and most of all, Lord, help them to live it every single day. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So I was so excited as far as preaching today, but I knew that I had to wait to get my final illustration to start this message today. And every year, one of the things that I love to do is to go out to read the crazy things that happen on Black Friday. Someone does something stupid, someone runs someone over, someone ends up in prison, someone does something, they're like, oh my goodness, there's no way that that actually happened. And guess what happened this year? I couldn't find anything. And so I went back and looked and started doing a little bit of research on it. And Black Friday has actually been around since the 1950s and 1960s. It started in Philadelphia. And the reason it started is because stores started opening the day after Thanksgiving to reach people from a retail standpoint. And so the police from the Philadelphia police force were actually the ones who named it Black Friday because they knew that people would be crazy and they would do the dumbest things. And sure enough, it happened. And so over time, that became almost the holiday after the holiday. And so when I was a youth pastor at the Akron Baptist Temple, we would actually take some of the students. We went one year, we went into a Walmart, we started taping. We found out that was illegal. We got kicked out. So I took all the kids to Waffle House. I'm like, I'm going to guy you guys breakfast. And then one of the guys almost got bit by someone else that was there. It was just crazy stuff that happened, but it was a lot of fun. So I would talk my wife into coming with me on Black Friday. We would get up at four in the morning. One year uh, we went, I'm like, just, you just have to see this. You just have to sit there. So we had a little thermos of coffee that we had and we're, we're drinking the black coffee and all the people are lined up all the way out to Applebee's on this side and all the way out to uh, the, the hotel on the other side. And I'm talking like five, six, seven deep and then all the way out. One of the workers comes out just a couple minutes sort of just to check to see how many people were out there. And all the people from the back and all the people on the side started rushing for the door. It was like a rock concert. Like everyone should just like held up lighters, like a real Walmart rules kind of thing. The craziest thing. The first two people get inside and they start hitting all the other locked doors and opening them up. And it's just this mad dash of people flying in. And Deanna's looked at me. She's like, you, you came for this? And I was like, yeah, isn't this awesome? She's like, I want to go home. And so guess what we did? We went home, right? Those times are gone. Black Friday this year started. You ready for this? This is the, the, I wrote this down. November 8th. On November 8th, there was a commercial from Walmart that said this. Hey, you don't have to wait for Black Friday. Black Friday savings start now. And so you just go online. And so three years ago, online shopping increased, actually beat Cyber Monday, which is Monday. On Black Friday, there were more people shopping online than on Cyber Monday. So Black Friday was gone. 
But let me tell you something that was cool about Black Friday back in the day. And younger people, like if you talk about this with your grandkids or your kids, and all, they'd be like, what? You had to go through this? And you survived? They had a thing back in the day called, ready for this, layaway. Who remembers layaway? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, right. How many of your kids think that you know what layaway is? They're going to think you are making this up when you tell them this story later. So Walmart would have a thing. And when you would first go in, they would put the biggest sale item, like, right in the middle. And at the time, they were the TVs that were, like, so big. They weighed, like, 400 pounds. You took three guys to get it and pop it into the, into the, uh, the shopping cart. And then you would go past the end of the TVs, and you'd have to turn left, and you would get to the very end. And then to the right, you would go in, and you would actually give them the exact TV that you just carried through half the store, and they would put it on a shelf... And then you would pay for the TV, and when you paid the whole thing off, they would actually give you the TV back. Now, my whole take was this. Just give a tag to the people when they walk in so they walk back because it, it, the whole store was jammed full of everyone getting this huge TV and the line would go all the way back. It's like nobody thought this through. Well, Walmart three years ago finally thought it through, and guess what they did? There's no more layaway anymore at Walmart. Because within our society, we have to have everything right now, Right? Hey, listen, you don't need to wait for Black Friday. Let's do this November 8th as opposed to November 25th or whatever Friday was. Let's have everything right now. Everything within our society, everything is here now, here now, here. And this isn't anything new. This has been taking place more and more over the years. But because of it, there's a past thing that we kind of remember. When we go back to it, we laugh about it. But when we brought that up, it was something that we all knew about Anytime we have something like that, though, those are stories that we get to share for down the road. And yes, our kids, grandkids, all that stuff, they're going to think that we're crazy when it, come, when it comes to that. They're going to think there's no way, why would you do those things? Because technology is moving faster and faster and faster, and there's more things that take up our time. There's more things that we deal with that will consume us. But here's the sad thing about it. Because of all those things that are happening, what ends up happening at Thanksgiving is no longer thankful. And we end up with this attitude, this girl attitude. And when we finally have the time to sit down at the end of the day, we finally have the time to chill out, we finally have the time to be thankful, what is it that we're thankful for? We're moving on to the next day. We're moving on to our busy schedule. We're moving on that we've got to dive into our work week. It just consumes every single part of us. And we miss out on those moments where God was saying, hey, I'm here. And there's something special about you, and there's a reason that I called you. Are you being that light? Or are you having that grr attitude? Because many times the people that we take it out on are the very people that we say that we love the most and that we care about the most and that just got done spending this Thanksgiving holiday with us. And now they're heading into this Christmas season. And they may need it the most because those same people that you love are also the people that you know the struggles they have. And they know the struggles that you have. So during this darkest time of the year, we'll focus on those struggles. Many people deal with depression at this time of the year. Many people deal with loss at this time of the year. Anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, all these things. How are we going to get this done? And what are we going to get this done? How are we going to pay this bill? And what about this? And God, where are you even listening? Oh, yeah, I finally threw your name out. And then there's this and there's that. And we move and we move and we move. And the entire time we're moving, God has been just silent, standing in one spot, steadfast, going, hey, I'm right here. And you keep taking step after step after step away from me. No matter how far you get, I'm one step away. Just come back. Let's rest a little bit. Let's rest in each other.
So that fear that you have today, that doubt you have today, that anxiety that you're, that you're feeling and that you're working on and that you, you can't help but know that tiredness that comes with this darkest time of the year, here's the amazing thing about it. Paul, Paul dealt with all these things. And he wrote to us in one of his books, in one of his letters, that he was writing to a church. And he shared with them that, listen, you don't have to do this. You don't have to walk around and be upset. You don't have to walk around holding on to fear and anxiety. You don't have to carry those things with me. You can walk every single day in such a way that you can't help but being a light. And instead of having a gratitude, it'll turn us to having nothing but gratitude. We are in the book of Colossians today. And in the book of Colossians, this is an amazing letter that Paul wrote because Paul never actually went to the city of Colossus. Paul was in prison when he writes this letter. He is in the prison of Rome strapped to a prison guard in the center of the prison, the deepest part where they put the worst of all the criminals. And so picture yourself for just a second. Take the biggest, strongest guy that's gonna be, that you know, and you have to strap yourself to him in a chain, and he's looking at you the entire time. So if you make one wrong move, that he's going to take you out. What would your attitude be? Wouldn't you have given up? Wouldn't you probably give up? Wouldn't you think, ah, oh, there's no way I can break from these chains? But Paul's saying, no, 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 no. God is so much bigger than all this. Every single opportunity, every single chance, every single moment that I blessed you with is that opportunity, that chance, that opportunity to say, hey, guess what? You can do more if you so choose. So Colossus is a city that's about 120 miles east of Ephesus. Once again, he's never been there, but there's a guy by the name of Epaphras who was. Epaphras was one of his disciples, but he was a disciple of Paul because Paul was a disciple of Jesus. And so he started a church, a Christian church in Colossus. And where Colossus is, if you were to go there now, there's nothing but ruins. You can go to old amphitheaters. You can go to all these different things of how it used to be. It was a booming marketplace. It was a city that was growing. And the reason it was growing is because in this city, there was a cave that was on the outside areas and it had of, of the city. And in this cave, it actually took out toxic fumes that came out. And when people literally would smell these things, people started dying because they didn't realize that, hey, this stuff was toxic. They started to try to investigate it. The more people investigated, the more people had died. And so this rumor started that this cave where these toxins came out, this was the connection to the dark world. And when the people heard that, hey, this is a place to go to the dark world, guess what? People went there. Witchcraft, trying to call up the dead, reading cards, doing psychic readings, all these other kind of things, mediums that we read about in the Bible. This is a place where all that was taking place. And yet, here's Epaphras who learned from Paul, and Paul who learned from Jesus, and he said, I am going to take the word there. But there was a problem. The more people changed, the more people came to know Christ, the more people that started to hand their lives over, they started to fall back into these bad habits. They started to focus more upon the darkness and it started setting into where people are like, wait a second, people are listening to these Christian preachers. And so if I can come in and share a little bit of Christianity with you, but I can also say, you know, that part's true and that start sounds good, but here's the best part. Yeah, you can have Jesus, but also, you can also buy my statue. And if you pray to this statue for $9.99, I'll throw in the second statue for free. And then you take these, and by the way, don't forget to keep yourself a little bit of Jesus, and I'll see you guys again next week. And hey, guess what? I have the statue for $9.99. And did I mention, if you buy this statue, you can get this one for free. 
And so these things started creeping in that weren't about Christianity. So Paul knew that he had to write to that church. And his, his writing was not, hey, you're doomed. You're going straight to hell. You're going to end up with those, with those toxic gases. You're going to die. And all those things. His was a word of encouragement. His was a word that no matter the struggle that you have, no matter what's going on up here, no matter what's going on here, no matter what's happening, I left myself on up there. Well, you know, with the busyness, with all the schedule, no matter what it is that's consuming you, God is bigger than all. Christ can handle any of those things. You live a resurrected life. So let's start acting like it. And isn't this awesome because I get to be strapped to this guy. I'll never see you. I'm probably going to be dead by the time you read this anyway. And it's all good. Doesn't that sound encouraging? Yes, no, maybe so. Doesn't that sound encouraging? This is how Paul viewed life. He viewed this life knowing that he was going to live in the next life. And for us during this darkest time of year, this is the gratitude that we get to live if we so choose. So here are the words that, that Paul shares. This is from Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. He says this. He says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so must you also do. So there's a challenge out there that he gives for each one of us. And he says, hey, it isn't just enough, you know, for us to go through and know these things. These are the things that we should be showing to other people. And many times we don't show those to the people that we are closest to. And yet they're the people that we need alongside of us. So as this verse, could you go back to that verse, Jim, I'm sorry. So as we talk about these things, verse 12, it says, therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies. If you notice that word or that, that term, put on, what Paul is sharing with us here is that this is a habit. This is something that we have to do daily. We talk about putting on the full armor of God, but he is talking about for each one of us here to put this on because you have to make a habit of doing this. It's a choice that you have to make. You choose whether or not to be kind. You choose whether or not to show tender mercies. You choose whether or not to be humble. You choose whether or not to be meek. You choose whether or not to deal with long-suffering, these words that we don't necessarily use, and then go ahead and go to the next verse. But on top of it, you also choose to bear with one another. You choose to say, hey, listen, I know that you're going through a struggle right now. Guess what? I'm going through a struggle too, but let's talk about your struggle. Let's talk about what God is doing through it. Let's talk about maybe there's somewhere that I, I can relate, and maybe I can't. Maybe the way that I can bear with you, bear alongside of you, is to just listen and to tell you, I don't know, but I do know this. God is bigger than it all, and God can handle it. And no matter how angry, how upset, how beat up you're feeling, God has this. God has you. Let's do this together. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Who's really good here at forgiveness? Dang it, you were teaching next week. All right, we'll move on. Verse 14. But above all things, put on love. And here we go again, that put on. There is a choice. It's a habit that we create, which is the bond of perfection. 
So Paul is tying this back to Jesus, that bond that we have that unites us. And in verse 15, he says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, this term let and let actually changes even though it's the same English word, it changes in these verses. When this says, and let the peace of God rule, what, what Paul is talking about here is when you say you're let and then you rule, it's like a referee. The referee says, hey, you know, that's, that's no good. You can't do that. Hey, that's good, good. Okay, you're good, you're good. We're going to stay back. Oh, no, no, that's bad again. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's against the rules. That's against the rules. Because too many times in our life, we have things that we fight over. One of my favorite stories of all time is a young boy who was a Native American. He was talking with his grandfather. And the grandfather shared with his grandson, he said, inside of you there are two wolves. He said, on one side is a wolf that is evil and darkness and all the things that are bad. And on the other side is the wolf that is love and caring and hope and peace. And the little boy thought about it and said, so there's two wolves? And the grandfather said, yes. And those wolves are at battle every single day. They fight every single day. The little boy thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And he said, Grandpa, which wolf wins? And Grandpa said, the wolf that you feed. Isn't that the same for us as believers? On this side, fear, anxiety, doubt, worry. On this side, peace, love, hope. Which wolf are you feeding? Because every time we feed that side that is the negative, the sin side, the part that misses God, that grr attitude comes out. But man, when we walk with love and peace and hope, and we do it alongside of someone, and we share that with other people, and we become this light to them. What happens? There's a change that takes place in us, and you know what? It can't help but to have that change in others because they see a difference. They see a difference in you, and that difference that you have, as we're going to learn here shortly, isn't just about you. But you have to allow it. You have to say, this is what is going to rule. This referee, I'm going to follow those because the ref doesn't need to stop me and say, don't do that, don't do that. Because he said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So when you close yourself, when you're ready to go and you're like, okay, ref, I got you. I want to follow these rules. And I know they're tough sometimes, but I still know what's good and I also know what's evil. It says, and be thankful. And be grateful. There's an old story that goes that, that a man was, was doing investigation deep in the country. And he came across this shack that no one had ever seen. When he walked in, he realized that the shack that he was in was actually the devil's. And there were seeds everywhere. And some of them didn't have many. But then he got to the one side and there was an entire mound of seeds. And so he asked, he said, well, what are all these seeds for? And Satan said, those are the seeds of discouragement. He said, well, why do you have so many seeds of discouragement? He said, because there's one place that a seed of, of discouragement will not live. And that's in the heart of someone that's grateful. Many years later, the same man went back to the same shack. And when he looked, there were a few seeds here and a few seeds there and a few seeds there. And the huge, huge mound of seeds of discouragement had shrunk all the way down. And he turned to Satan and Satan smiled. He said, as the years go by and the years pass, people are less and less grateful. But that's a choice. That's our choice. Paul continues, and he says in the next verse, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And we'll stop here for a second. This word let, 
Whenever we, everything's translated, remember that the words are this big and we had to get it down to the English language this big. So let has multiple meanings. This one talks about dwelling. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then what? It then calls us as what we should be doing, teaching and admonishing one another. How? In psalms and in hymns. We started a day with worship. We started a day with some songs that you know, some songs that you may not know, but we're lifting our voice. Sometimes we don't actually sing it out loud, right? But we, what we'd like to, we're just afraid of people hearing about it. Every time we lift our voice, God hears that. He doesn't care if you're off tune. He, he doesn't care that maybe you sang the wrong words. He doesn't care that as you're reading the words, you're like, oh, that's how that song goes. I've been singing it the wrong way my, my whole life, and thanks for putting those words up for me. He doesn't care about that. Now, the person next to you is going, dude, you don't know the words. You've never even heard the song, but, but we just keep singing together. One another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs. Doing what? Singing with grace in your hearts. This comes back. Our attitude is a hard issue. Our gratitude is a hard issue. Being thankful is a heart issue. It's a habit that we choose to let, to say, okay, okay, God, you're ruling this. I'm choosing you. I'm choosing your way. I'm going to bear with one another. I'm going to listen. I'm going to shine a little bell. And guess what? I am going to sing your grace in my heart. Because if it's in my heart, it can't help to come out through the rest of me. Let's finish with this final verse. And whatever, not pick and choose. Many times we do this. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name. I'm going to bring this down so it makes it easier on me. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, this is why we struggle so badly. We get used to our own headlines. We get so excited about the things that I did. Did you see me help you with that? Did you see what I did? Guys are famous for this. I'm just going to share a story with you. I have started vacuuming the house. The whole house. Three days a week. Starting at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And sometimes it takes me two hours. Sometimes it takes me four hours. How, how many other men are doing this, by the way? None of you? I know, ladies. I know. Oh, I'm getting a look right now. <laughs> Gratitude. Here's what I did. My wife and I last year, on before Cyber Monday, or two years ago, three how many years ago it was, we bought a Roomba. She has an app on her phone. And she started it Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 o'clock. And all I have to do is make sure that it doesn't get stuck somewhere, which happens usually every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at about 10 o'clock. But I take credit for it. Hey, while you were at work today, yeah, I vacuumed. What'd you do? Oh, I vacuumed the whole house, the whole downstairs, all, all the way around. Right? I know, that's terrible. Just go out and buy a Roomba. I've got you, guys have got you covered everywhere. She gets the app, you're good to go. All right, go back to that verse here. I'm sorry. I digressed. All right. Oh, see, this thing was supposed to go off with the noise, and it didn't. 23 minutes are up. Doggone it. There was supposed to be a distraction. I wanted you all to hear the alarm that goes do, 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 do. How many people know that alarm from their phone? How many people set a timer? That thing goes off. You're like, oh, already? Are you kidding me? Come on. Be honest with me. We all do it. Like we don't, it's a distraction. We are so easily distracted within this world and within God's word. But it says this. 
And whatever you do in word or deed, and the things that I say and the actions that I take, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There was a guy that chose to live biblically for one year. He went out and he just followed exactly what the Bible said. He said, I'm going to do this for one straight year. His name is A.J. Jacobs. And when he lived it for a year, he was like, I all of a sudden found that I couldn't help but want to thank people. He's like, the more I was around people, the more I read God's word, the more it was talking about this attitude that I had and how I could just share this with others. It wasn't telling me this is what you got to do and it was pointing at us, whatever. It was a choice I got to make. When I read the Proverbs and I read the Psalms and I read the words of Jesus, it was like, wow, this is actually really cool. This is what I choose to do. And he got to the point where he couldn't help but thank people because of the change that God was making in his life. For one full year, he did it. And then the next year, he wrote his follow-up article. Now, just think for a second. If you wrote an article and you just got done living biblically for one year, what would be the next thing you would write about? Wouldn't you write about all of the things and all the things that happened because he journaled all the way through it, wouldn't, you, wouldn't there be some other kind of great thing that you could give God the credit for? His next thing that he wrote about was my experience as a hot woman. Exactly. What? How, how do you go from that to that? How does someone make that change? You make that change because you stop putting the things into your everyday life that focus upon God. You stop bearing with one another. You stop in your words and your deeds of it reflecting God. And most of all, you stop allowing him to penetrate your heart so that you can share that with others and you stop giving God the credit. And it's easy to do. And we've all been there. And we all have this gratitude about us. But Paul is saying this to you and Paul is saying this to me. You have to find a way to make a habit. And it starts by every day you choosing that when you clothe yourself, that you're doing so with what God has to say. You're diving into his word and you are applying it to the words and the deeds that you had. You're going to allow him not only to rule over your life, but to dwell in there and to be a part of it. And then you're going to go out and live it in front of others. And guess what? I'm not going to force you to do any of it. It's your choice. But inside you, there's two things going back and forth. There's faith and there's fear. There's good and there's bad. There's God and there's this world. And they're at war every single day. And the one you feed is the one that's going to win. All right, so let's challenge us today. Let's take this together is what we're going to do. I'm going to prove to you just how much I've grown as a believer over the years. I am a North Carolina basketball fanatic. Love Michael Jordan, love James Worthy, love all of them. North Carolina's biggest, biggest rival in the world is Duke. Some of you may know that, some of you may not. Just wanted to fill you in. I cannot stand Duke at all, okay? Yesterday, Ohio State, Michigan, right? Most of you are Ohio State fans. You may have a couple Michigan fans in here, but most of us yesterday, right? The game is at noon, and then at 3 o'clock, you know, you're betrayed by Ryan Day, and, you know, the quarterback, how dare him throw that pass, and all these other kind of things. And the rest of your day, what are you doing? Gratitude, right? Like, we could barely even get through the day. Then you're laying in the middle of the ground and going, why is the game at noon? It ruined my whole day. You know, couldn't they do this at night so then I could just go to sleep right afterward? And then some of you are like, well, wait a second. It's like 4 o'clock. It's going to be dark in a half an hour, so I'll be good. 
But it's amazing how a game can ruin a day. Well, Duke ruins every day with me when it comes to basketball with North Carolina because they've been really good for a long time and North Carolina struggled a little bit, although they did get to a final here a couple of years ago. Duke, who I can't stand, did one of the most amazing things in 2015, which is the last time that they won a national championship. Coach Krzyzewski was looking at his team, and they were all over the place. It was all about, I'm the best, and I need to score the most points, and I need to get the most rebounds, and I need to get the most minutes. And they were a bunch of spoiled brats, and he realized it. So around Thanksgiving, he came in with a basketball, and he tossed it to his captains, and he said, I want you to take this Sharpie, toss it to him, and I want you to write on that basketball the person that you are most thankful and most grateful for that got you to where you are right now. And when you're done, I want you to pass it to your next teammate. And so the captain started writing, and the next guy started writing. And by the time they had passed it to the 15 players in the room, the basketball was filled with all of the names. At every practice, the basketball was at midcourt. They pulled off to the side so that they could run their drills. They took it with them to every single game. The players started taking it to them with classes. It went everywhere that they went. When they would go on the road, different guys had it on the road trip, and they'd have roommates, and they would take the basketball and say, hey, man, you, you, which one's yours? Oh, that's, that's my aunt. You know, she took me in with my parents. You know, they had a, a major struggle, and they, they were you know, on drugs, and they ended up in prison, so she took me in, and she worked three jobs just so I could eat, and just she got, made sure I got to every practice and back and forth, and I wouldn't be here without her. Oh, my, oh that's a great story. Here's, this is one about my grandma. And, this was, and they started sharing their stories. And coaches, chefs, they started mixing them up every time they were on the road. And they shared their stories with one another. And their team came together, came together, came together until the end of the year when they won the national championship. They had all the talent in the world. But until they put that talent aside for one another, until they put it in a place where they could be thankful and grateful, until they said, listen, this is more than just about me. It's about us. Paul was writing to people he was never going to meet. Paul knew he was dying soon. He just didn't know how. But he knew there were people out there that were so important in this world that they needed to know that God was bigger than anything. That if you have God, if you've accepted his son Jesus in your heart, you live. It's a resurrected life that we get to choose to live every day. So allow him to rule your heart. Allow him to dwell within you. Allow him to bear with one another. Allow you to walk alongside of each other. But give God the thanks. Be grateful for what God has done. And then pass that on to every person. The people that are closest to you and the people you may never know. Because they need us right now. They need us to be the example. They need us to Im imitate Paul, who was an imitator of Christ. They need to see something different. And it's a choice that we all get to make. Right, we said, if you just bow your heads for one moment, I just want you to take this message as to where it meets you in your world. And I want you to just listen to this. It says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, Dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, 
Quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness and gratefulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, your words, your actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Heavenly Father, as we get up to sing this final song, this final song of worship, Lord, I thank you for each person that is here today. Lord, we're here because we walk alongside of one another, but we're here because of you. Lord, every day we get to choose compassion. Every day we get to choose to be kind. But God, there's so many things that are in the way at times. And we know it's just this world. We know it's a darkness and how easy it is for it to set in. But Lord, starting this day and each day, especially through this holiday season, through the end of the year and the beginning of the year, Lord, help us to know that inside there's this battle that's going on. And there's a side that has you and a side that's without you. And all of those things, God, that pull us away, help us to come back to what you promise us. Peace, hope, and love. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross, and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. 
contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.